Hello everyone, welcome to the Introspection Podcast. I am Timmy Tope Ajao, co-host of the Introspection Podcast. On this episode, we have Box Kurana from the great subcontinent of India. Box is a product manager and he has a very keen interest in ideas, philosophy, UI UX design and game theory. He's an all-round very cool guy. Me and Box met on a platform where ideas are discussed on a regular basis and we started talking and before we knew it, we were recording an episode together. It just goes to show you that regardless of proximity, ideas have their own way of taking a life of their own. That being said, this was a very interesting episode. A quick disclaimer. During the recording of this episode, there is a particular period where there is a block of some sort. I was having network issues and it was totally out of my control. But as the saying goes, the show must go on. And the show did go on. This was a very cool and interesting episode. We initially sought out to discuss one particular topic. But as all complex ideas go, it spread out into a host of other subtopics. I really hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. And now, Box Kurana. Hello. Hey, Box. Welcome. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me. Uh, have, <laughs> have you started recording? Yes, we have. All right. Let's go. Let's do this. <laughs> Um, um, before we jump straight into what we want to talk about, can you just give like a tiny bit from what you do and who you are and, and where you're based from? All right, man, definitely. So hi, guys. Hi, all the viewers, all of you all who come from my network, from Temi Topes Network. I am Baksh Karana <laughs> and um, I... Um, I am an aspiring product manager. I'm working my first product role and I love philosophy. I love talking about philosophical ideas. I love introspecting. I love ideating. I actually met Temitope on a group where people get together and ideate um, on some philosophical topics. Uh, I was the host of a podcast called the Total Media Podcast. Um, it, it was a podcast based on philosophy, positivity, mental health, and a lot of issues. I'm based in Mumbai, India. So my podcast is very, very centric to my Indian audience. But I'm absolutely glad to be here, Temi Tupe. Wow, thank you. That was a very packed introduction. So, um, yeah, uh, philosophy. So prior to um, this recording that whoever is listening to is hearing right now, so, so we, we just talked, okay, so what about your topic? And so Box came up with a with topic and said, do we have a moral obligation to obey the law? And since you came up with a topic, I would like to hear your opinion on this very topic. I think having an opinion on such a topic is tough because it's there's no there's no answer right to such a question like do we actually have any moral obligation to obey the law? One can say no, one can say yes. And I think that's, a huge discussion that I'm really glad to have with you as well. So if I were to just start and give my point of view, I think we do not. And when I say we do not, I don't mean that, oh, you go out and break cars and like destroy everything and loot people and stuff. I mean that we don't have any obligation to willfully obey the law. 
and there are many reasons and i hope we we can discuss through them but i would love to hear your opinion as well tomato pay yeah um so when you you know she sent me some links from you know that little stanford link and i was just you know thinking about it i mean do we moral obligation to obey the law because i've seen situations where you know it's just some it takes something as tiny as one person let's say there's a is a queue and one person just breaks the structure of the queue and chaos ensues you know everybody right. just you know just go crazy i'm like hmm okay so there seems to be a very thin line between chaos and order and you know i think a perfect example of that will really correspond with you know with the topic is traffic lights okay red means stop yellow means get ready green means go this is a universal idea but we have seen where red doesn't mean stop for some people and they just go now obviously there can be consequences like them you know hitting someone or having a car accident or you know sometimes nothing happens but then it just makes me wonder that you know if nobody if nobody um, obeys the law and the law efforts the law enforcement agents are so overwhelmed due to the size of people who are not obeying the law what exactly binds us to the law and i think it's a very strange situation when you think about it. I don't, I don't know what you think. It's it's actually really strange. So I think one one way of looking at the question and still introspecting the question is through the game theory aspect. I am a huge fan of game theory, and I think that game theory can be used to predict any human behavior. So, uh, are you familiar with game theory? Yes, I am. I I watched Beautiful Mind about John Nash. And, <laughs> that that's one of my all time favorite movies. <laughs> Oh my God, well, go on. Yeah, so in game theory, if you were to look at this from a game theory perspective, there is um, there will be, let's say, there's an X number of people who decide to obey the law and there is a Y number of people who decide to not obey the law. Uh, in According to game theory, there will be certain equilibria where X and Y can be maintained. So for example, if Y is 100% and X is 0% where everybody's obeying the law, this is one equilibria where it is very easy for a government or a system to function. Another equilibria would be, let's say Y is 99%, X is 1%, that could still work. And it's not as if it, this number is only at the top. For example, if X was, let's say 100%, if 100% of the people didn't obey the law, there are still countries which managed to function. So it depends a lot on the government. It depends a lot on the organization and the infrastructure of how things mm. are shaped. So if you were to see from the game theory perspective, these equilibria are called Nash equilibriums, uh, named by after John Nash, who was the guy in Beautiful Mind. And so there will be some Nash equilibria where the society can structure, but even then, do you want to be the person who obeys the law or do you want to be the person who does not obey the law? That's the important question. Hmm. The, that, that question is so... You know, I think, you know, um, I've always wondered, why is ethics a part of philosophy? I never understood it. What is the purpose of ethics? And, you know, I, it's, 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 it's to dawn on me that, you know, Everything we all make, we make every single thing has an ethical dimension, whether we like to admit it or not. Because, yeah, I think, you're right. <laughs> I think you know, there's this line that we all, you know, we all walk on, and I think there's once you pass a certain boundary, you become a psychopath. Because 
this is getting very deep because I'm starting to even think about the emergence of a conscience and stuff like that. Because why on earth do we obey? The, why on earth does an organization like the UN say do this? And we all were like, okay, okay, they say we should do it, so let's all do it. <laughs> it, it. It doesn't make any sense. It does not make sense. So another example from game theory is a very popular question called the the prisoner's dilemma, which actually proves that disobeying the law might be beneficial for an individual as long as the other other people or a, ma- a majority of the other people are obeying the law. Wow. So, so yeah, for, uh, let me give you a. A quick example. Let's say there are hundred people who have hundred dollars each, and ninety nine percent, ninety nine of the hundred people don't steal the hundred dollars. The one person who steals is going to get away with it, and that's why he's going to have more than a hundred dollars. So it's actually beneficial for him because the ninety nine percent of the people who are not stealing are okay with him getting away with it, and they won't fight back. That's the wow. whole idea, right? So yeah. in some situations, not obeying the law can actually be beneficial for you. I'll give you another example. And this is an example that I have faced. So in India, traffic laws are very, very different world or different from any first world country. I don't know how it is in Lagos, but it's very, very easy to bribe a police officer and get away with it. And the bribe is usually one tenth to one hundredth of the actual fine. So if I were to, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so if I were to break the law and bribe the police officer, I would get away with paying one tenth of what I would have to pay. So who wouldn't bribe the police yeah, officer? In this yeah, yeah, right. That's true. No, yeah, That's- box. You can go on. Yeah, Listen. so now I want to know. I want to know your experience. Like, have okay, you okay. seen people who have not obeyed the law and like gotten away with it and like gotten some huge advantage out of it? Oh, countless. You know, in over here, someone can be a celebrity and that's enough to just let them go. You know, and it's like, hmm, yeah. okay, I see. So this person has a certain degree of popularity, and because we imbue certain people with certain, you know, I won't say undeserving, but. So we just give them certain um, escapes and okay, so this person is popular. They can go because they have so and so influence in society. Right. You know, I've come to realize that, you know, also everything is hierarchical. There's a hierarchy in every bloody society, whether I want yeah. to admit it or not, because think about okay, the president of every country in a democracy is executive in, in his function. So he the whoever that person is is a participant of the law that a country enacts. But if a president is passing through the country, they end up breaking the very law that they are part of. (laughs) So it makes me think like, okay, 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 okay. It seems like, so to go to your prisoner dilemma situation, it seems like certain people can't break the law. But they are, yeah, it's so, it's so, disproportional from the rest that it makes it's, it's sort of like it's stable it doesn't ensue into chaos it's very very crazy my guy it's totally crazy and another example from india is there's a huge wealth inequality in our society right so the rich yeah. people and the poorer people are living right next to each other and nobody understands like i can't understand why the poor people don't just get together and loot all the rich people and take away all our money. Like, 
it just does hmm. not make sense to me like there's nobody who can stop them there's, even the police officers and all all are a part of their community so the police officers and the law should actually help them loot us but they don't do it it's never happened and i don't know it just baffles me and one explanation i can think is religion where like the poor believe that um, if they come and loot us then karma will do something bad to them <laughs> that's so but, true <laughs> but is that enough for them to like literally not multiply their net worth by 10x 100x in in like a yeah. day right? yeah because if you if we to think about this thing the people who drive our cars who are let's say the security men the blue yeah the blue collar jobs people are right. more and if they went look even okay let's say you are so rich you have a cook your cook would end you whenever they wanted to end you exactly exactly so in india almost every middle upper middle class family has a cook like even i have a cook and it yeah. is so bloody easy for her to just poison my food right yeah like... <laughs> we're not worried about it nobody's ever no we've not even considered that as a possibility right and yeah. it baffles me like destroys my head like it destroys my sanity <laughs> <laughs> but but now the question the question that arises now is that is it this this sense of morality is it something that society puts within us or is it something that's already there because there seems to be this line where you can you know i don't well, to to quote him a passage from the bible where apostle paul says everything is permissible but not everything is beneficial and there's some things that lend themselves to you know permissibility but there's this line where you're like yo 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 this was too much because i know i remember when i was reading um hannah arendt i believe she wrote the banality, the banality of evil and i was so surprised when i was seeing war crimes i was like what do you mean by war crimes i read crimes to tell me that during war where you can do whatever you want to do because it is war there is certain things that after the war people will be like yo this was too much you know mm-hmm. though first world war yeah then the second world war and then the nazis came along and then the whole planet was like okay okay you can do certain <laughs> stuff but what you guys did was so bloody evil that we have to charge you even during war and it just goes to show you that this morality thing is i think is it's I think it's more than society. I think it just exists in this realm. I don't know what you think about it. Yeah, I think a spiritual way to say this is that everything balances out. Even if there is a evil of war, there will always be a good that balances out. <laughs> if, if I were to say this to like in an Indian audience, they would they would really like appreciate it and be like, "Oh wow, this is such a spiritual conclusion you reached." <laughs> i'm not i'm not i'm not against indian audience i'm, I'm just saying like for all my yeah. indian viewers out there it's it's not that i'm making a joke out of you all yeah yeah hmm, wow but but now another question that arises is what role does religion play in all of this yeah that's that's a pretty interesting question and I, it's one that i've been pondering about for a long long time hmm. because the 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 example you gave of the poor not overturning the rich i think it's fundamentally based on religious um presupposition that oh even oh my goodness if i do this this is going to happen to me and this is something that i've noticed in christianity which is my religion for okay. describe my religion and um 
it seems to be that the Bible lends itself to those who are, let's say, financially incapable of some sorts. There's like, okay, yeah, you are meek. You are suffering. If you suffer now, I tell you this. If you go to heaven, you will enjoy. And that's why I feel to a certain degree they have this, they have this abandon where it's like, okay, these are my earthly concerns. I have another place where things will be all right. I'm like, huh. And there's also this passage in the Bible that says um, that, um, that um, it is easier um, for someone, something about, about like, easier for a camel to walk through the eye of the needle than for a rich man to go to heaven. People sort of, you know, explain that in any way that suits their personal needs. But it just goes to show you that there seems to be this, this justification, this sense of pride that, People who are not so well, they give themselves like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, the Bible recognizes my situation and therefore I should be fine. I don't know what you think about that. I think that's pretty interesting, man. So, like, I, I'm not Christian. My parents are of two different religions. It's Hinduism and Sikhism. And both of okay. them say very similar things. But I was brought up kind of as a non-religious person, like agnostic, if you will. Yeah. So, I have never had to face this and which is why it has been so easy for me to break the law when I needed to, right? (laughs) (laughs) And I I know I shouldn't be saying this, but I don't know, maybe being raised as a non-religious person has its benefits. (laughs) Like, I'm not worried about a deity, a a spiritual deity coming and coming after me after I die, right? There's nothing... I'm not worried about that at all. I'm not worried about going to hell. I'm not worried about burning in hot oil or whatever they say in Hinduism. <laughs> My goodness. It's um it's very, very crazy. And um the law. Now there's there's a question that now arises that okay. Because I know I know the study of law is so bloody rigorous. I have friends in uni in uni where I am and who are in law, and I tell you, it takes a lot, regardless of the society where you live in. Law is very very religious and prestigious, and there's a reason behind that. You know, you have to go to law school, blah blah blah. blah. And I ask myself, okay, law has a bad reputation for having loopholes that favor some. And I was thinking to myself, I say, okay, there was a time where it was legal. To have slaves like there was a legal framework that could like okay you can enslave these people until a certain period where they were like hmm okay let's not do it anymore and then it became illegal so it's like okay 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 if law can be in- easily you know influenced and changed like this it, it, it begs the question why on earth should we, should we now treat this particular word as sacrosanct that we can't break this thing? If in the past, it just takes one tiny policy to change the entire bloody constitution. That's really interesting. And you know, interesting that you mentioned slaves, right? And this is something I've been pondering. I'm, I'm just going to cut back to the slave thing and then I will get back to what you said. But in India, we have a concept of something called a live-in maid. And I... I fail to see how that's different from a slave. So basically in our house, we have a lady who stays in our house and her entire job is to do stuff for us. Like if we want her to clean something, if we want her to cook something, if we want her to take the dog for a walk, if we want her to feed the dog, all that stuff is done by one lady. And except for beating her, she's practically a slave. And that's pretty messed up. Like how that actually, even though slavery was abolished, it's still kind of legal in India just because there's a demand for it. 
if 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 people had employment this thing probably would be completely illegal but like just because there are unemployed people and there are people willing to pay for this it exists ha huh. that is quite something the fact that this that is a demand for it it exists you know yeah. i was watching a youtube video from this channel called oversimplified i don't know if you know about it but go check it, it out is i really love that channel and it was about the prohibition and america was going through this period where alcohol was becoming a problem and it was like hmm okay so then you know obviously lobbyists and propaganda and then it became technically illegal but then there was a loophole in the system where people could sort of find avenues where they could you know take alcohol you know you know how in in america in the west where okay weed is illegal but if you have so so and so so you can take medical cannabis you know what i mean <laughs> yeah i know what you mean there's always that loophole and then you know it just goes to show you that once there's the demand for something if the demand gets high enough the legal system work is way around it and that's exactly what happened in america the prohibition eventually scattered and alcohol became part of the society and then huh i see i see i see so because people tend to overhype democracy i don't know if you agree with me because people tend like, to okay, overhype the what democracy the democracy yeah you're right yeah yeah, yeah you're that, right you're so right like, <laughs> like okay majority rule what if the majority are psychopaths we want rape to be legal and you guys are like no no we don't want rape okay let, let's vote 10 says i to say nay rape is therefore illegal you know it 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 it's it, see they are basically presupposing that everybody in society has a certain level of well, i say common sense but That's then hilarious. as what yeah. see in society the amount of people who are really sensible are dropping on a daily basis <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no! It's crazy. It is crazy. Like, let me let me let me tell you something that happened in my country recently. Our president banned Twitter because they blocked one of his tweets. Like, oh, banned, damn! Like, he banned Twitter. Now, obviously, you know, there's VPN and all that kind of stuff. But, <laughs> but, like, <laughs> that's so crazy. And in fact, I think I'd heard of this news myself. Like, I didn't, yes. I didn't realize. this is actually like a thing yeah dude it happened like i just slept and woke up and twitter wasn't working anymore and <laughs> we have we have you know, we have a legal structure we have two houses just to deliberate laws and one man was like hmm i'm in a bad mood i want this thing done now and they all did it and i'm like huh, okay so this is the democracy that we keep on teaching kids that is this beautiful place <laughs> It's crazy. So now 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 it now begs the question. So if Twitter which is technically illegal in my country right now and I'm using Twitter am I a bad person? <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Now that is the question. <laughs> <laughs> But wait, so can you go to jail for using Twitter? You know what? We don't know <laughs> because they, all we know is that it's illegal. Hey. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Yeah. Hey.
it continue from where we stopped. So, yeah, so that's that's the Twitter situation. There really isn't any clear defined, you know, um, like instantiation of the repercussion, but it's illegal. And I've always wondered, is there a relationship between legality and morality? <laughs> I don't know. What he, I don't know what you think about that. That's a very interesting question. Is there a relationship between legal? I think there should be. Hmm. But, but the problem is, right? So uh, we both live in a very different type of country than a lot of the world lives in, right? It's yes. A lot of our laws are kind of manipulated by 10% of the society. <laughs> and what is morally right for the 10%, the top 10% is probably not or maybe not morally right for the bottom 90%. Hmm. That's very true. That's very, very, you know, um, you know, I, my goodness, some, some writers are just so bloody brilliant. I just remembered Animal Farm by George Orwell, where, you know, the pigs were like, you know, all animals are equal, but some are more equal than others. I was like, hmm. And this hmm. was during, you know, it was during, I believe this was, this was during the Cold War, prior to the Cold War, during the Cold War. And I was like, oh, okay, okay, okay. I see. So it's not a new thing for people who pass law to purposefully create these loopholes that favor them. And, you know, and the whole system of politics is so bloody weird, you know. It's so strange. It's, I don't know. I, I, I truly do not know. And, and um, I'm, I'm not too strong on Indian, on, um, Indian history, but you guys really had it. Um, I believe Gandhi... He starved himself. I'm not quite sure what really happened in that regard. But to be honest, neither am I. (laughs) 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 I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So, yeah, uh, India was an English colony and um, Gandhi kind of saved us. But of course, there's a huge controversy regarding, oh, is Gandhi actually the savior? Oh, is Gandhi this? Is Gandhi that? Yeah. Yeah. That's the beauty and, about history, right? History is always yes. written by the person who won. Like, yeah, that's it. That's exactly it. That's that's so beautiful, right? Yeah, because you know, technically, wasn't Gandhi, you know, committing treason? If you think about it. <laughs> oh wow, that's a very interesting way to put it. I wonder why I'm not thought <laughs> of it that way. <laughs> so maybe by you using Twitter, you're actually the next Gandhi. Oh my god! <laughs> you have no idea because you know even even America that prides himself in in liberal in libertarian ideas, they were at one point colonized by the British. In fact, you know they keep on trying to distance themselves from America. But then I always ask myself, then if that's the case, then why do you always celebrate July Fourth? I believe you, know, you have their mm-hmm. independence, independence, they independent from what? From the British. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Look, when you, when you think about how society pre- like performs, it will blow your bloody mind. You'd be like, how did we all agree on on this on this? Like, let, me, let me tell you something very interesting that's okay. been boggling. It's crypto. Okay. In some countries, it's illegal. In some yeah. countries, they're like, nah not want to have this at all and i'm like hmm, 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 hmm. Okay, okay 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 so some countries are like we want this currency and we're going to use it and some countries are like no no we don't want this to happen and it's very very weird because 
I don't know. It's a currency that has sprung up and it is making people very, very, very wealthy. Although I'm not too strong on my on my knowledge of crypto, but I do know that the legality of crypto is very, very controversial. And, right. and it's like, okay, if because I have friends who in their place of work, they actually pay them in crypto. Because okay. over there, it's legal. Like that remote work. Over there, it's legal. But in the country that are being paid, it's illegal. But, you know, there are financial services that allow you to transfer currency. It's so, it just boggles your mind that, you know, like in the international market, if you want to, if you want to trade in internationally, you have to use the dollar. You can't use your local currency. But while you're, while you're in your local country, you have to use your local currency. But then when it comes to crypto, you can't use crypto. It's like... <laughs> the world is a very interesting place, man. The oh, world is a very God. interesting place. I think we can quote Russian philosopher, Slavic philosopher Slavoj Zizek over here where he says that... I'm not sure if he's Slavic or not. Don't quote me on that. Uh, where he says that people don't know what's right for them. People are stupid. You have to tell them what's right for them and do what's right for them. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's so true. Oh my goodness! Because you know, a friend of mine once told me that we're not rational creatures; we're rationalizing creatures. Because in the moment you think, you know, you think, okay, yeah, I'm rational. I'm rational. It's like no, you're just going to rationalize what you have done to sound rational, right? Yeah, right, it's... right. And when you when you say it in hindsight, everything sounds rational in hindsight, right? Mm-hmm. But then at the moment you're like, okay, where was this rationality when you were doing this particular thing that you did? <laughs> yeah, that's so true. And you're not here, people say, okay, I want to make a case for why I did this. I did this because of so 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 and so. Like, we're all just. Yeah. <laughs> but then the truth is that if you no, know, if we reverse it, I'm like, okay, no moral obligation, no, let's not obey the law. I wonder how how that's going to look like, but it's um. You know, I think I think we have to tread the path of both obeying and diso- and disobedience because you know I don't know, I don't know if you watch anime, but Madara once said that wherever there wherever there is light, there are shadows. And so, oh, you also say something very similar because if there's something, there has to be the opposition. You know, right? It, it has to be the opposition, and that opposition is necessary for balance because if that balance is in there, if we're all law-abiding citizens. There will be no creativity. Correct, 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 correct. Because creativity is essentially just breaking the rules. Ex- yeah, exactly. Like, you know, I don't know. I don't really understand art. I'm not really an arts person, but I've seen, like, like personally, the only artist I really know because he's sort of popular is, you know, Jean-Michel Bascayat. I believe that's his name. And okay. I've seen some of his paintings. And I was like, wow, this, this, is, this thing really struck me. And for his time, this wasn't like the norm. The, for his time, you have to have gone to art school. You have to have been the protege of some big time French smoking, um, literally reading artists that were like, okay, this is the new guy in town. But he was this black, black Haitian kid who was friends with Andy Warhol and for some weird reason, he just became popular. He even dated Madonna when she was when they were quite younger. I mean, the guy was really in the system, and you know, although he had issues with drugs and stuff like that, but like 
he had to be an outlier. He had to exist out, outside of what, and I, I'm taking this from Jordan Peterson, out of the dominance hierarchy. You know, because I've come to realize that the, the true creative ones are the outliers. Daniel Kahneman is fundamentally a psychologist, but he won the Nobel in, in economics. In economics. Like, how? You know, it's always the people on the fringes. The best contribution of physics has always come from people in chemistry and biology, not really the physicians themselves. It's the people who are outside. So I don't know if we're all just, you know, good boys who wore their uniforms and went to school. Like, uh, that'd be a very boring society. <laughs> okay, but I have a feeling that we're taking this podcast in a very, very wrong direction where we're basically inciting the public to not follow <laughs> the law. <laughs> Now, I don't know how many people are going to watch this, but I don't want a mass uprising right no, now in my house, you know? <laughs> we, heard, we heard them say we shouldn't follow the law, and we didn't follow the law. <laughs> but um, I want to ask, you know, um, like in India, how mm-hmm. would you describe, um, how would you describe the, the willingness of people to follow the law, you know, hook, line, and sinker? Oh, it's very simple. The rich people don't follow the law. The the not rich people do follow the law. It's that simple. Because in India, the laws are so messed up, especially for rich people, that it's pretty much like being a rich person, you have to have committed some crimes. You have to, Hmm. like, don't quote me on this, but you have to, like, launder money. You have to do at least something illegal. Otherwise, you can't be rich in India. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, sorry, go on. You have to, like, you have to do tax fraud. You have to do so many of these crimes just because <laughs> the tax structure of India, it's completely crazy. The The way rich people are treated in India is as if they are criminals. And that is why they have become criminals. Whoa. Wow. That's a perspective right there. Huh. My goodness. Because, you know, you're actually right. Because I don't know if, you, if you've noticed this thing on Twitter, but... Look, I'm a pretty nerdy guy myself, but I have other nerdy friends who they treat Elon Musk like that god. <laughs> and I'm like, look, this guy doesn't care about you the way you think he cares about you. Look at what happened with him and Bitcoin. I don't know if you know the whole story. <laughs> yeah, I do. I'm I like, do. look, he's a billionaire. Profit <laughs> maximization. He doesn't care about your dreams to be the next Iron Man. You know, if he, <laughs> like. You do you think if you think you become a billionaire by, by smiling and being a nice guy? Nah. nah. You have to do some black belt dark shit that nobody will probably hear of because you are rich and you get away with it. That is how you become properly rich. That's, I'm concerned. <laughs> that's a pretty interesting idea. But again, for all the viewers, especially the viewers who have come from my network, please obey the law. Please, <laughs> please don't do any illegal stuff. Please don't come and shoot me down. <laughs> it's <laughs> but then but then there's a different question that is now like why do the rich okay wait wait. the rich people break the law basically because they can am i correct and also because they have to right the laws are not like think about america think about how they've upped the taxes they keep upping the taxes and destroying capitalism same is true with india they just kept upping the taxes and in india it is so easy to evade the taxes and to get bribe someone uh, to mm. like cut down the tax rate by like 30, like half of it, maybe even more than half of it just gets cut out if you bribe the right person. So why wouldn't yeah. you? 
why wouldn't you why would i give the money to a government which is not treating me well <laughs> you know that that's 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 another question relating to the topic moral obligation to obey the law why on earth do we pay taxes why on <laughs> okay <Yeah. laughs> no true because it's like okay do we is it to build roads i can't quite see good roads around me i'm not really seeing a lot of infrastructure civil engineers are working more abroad than in my own country so where exactly is this money going to and every single year i keep on hearing that we are borrowing money from an external financial agency and i'm like ha huh, okay we are about 200 million and a lot of people have jobs okay let's do the mass blah 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 you're making a good ton of money where is this money going to but then once you evade taxes like you are lucifer like hmm okay <laughs> I so is it um, easy to evade taxes in Nigeria if you have your own business? Oh, it's very, very easy. But they do this thing where they have a scapegoat, if you know what I mean. Where they'll be like, oh, okay, yeah. we're going to punish this guy. Just in case, you know, there is some kind of like, hey, you guys are not doing anything to everyone. No? So they'll punish one person severely. I mean, for like the first year, everybody's like, okay, let's pay our taxes again. But then after a while, it all goes back. Yeah. <laughs> What will happen? It's so funny how I've got to use corruption as a society. Like, yeah, part of us. It's 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 definitely part of us. Like now, if I were to ever get, actually, I shouldn't say this on record, but like, <laughs> please don't say it. If if my friend were to ever get caught at a for breaking the the traffic light, he would probably just bribe his way out of it. It's not me, pretty it's my much. friend, but yeah, pretty much. yeah, pretty. You know, we have. We have senators over here where, look, I was in class today and, you know, my uh, professor was talking to us and he was saying, okay, I probably should say today, I was, I was in class and a professor was telling me, was telling us about a lady who worked in a bank and she stole a lot of money and they were negotiating with her, okay, if you drop this of what she stole, we'll reduce your sentence. And this lady drops 190 billion easily. And I was like, whoa. And and all of a sudden she was in you know she was in the law, she was in court and we were trying to sentence her and then all of a sudden she fell sick. I'm like okay now you're sick, and then they, <laughs> and then you know they tried to carry her to they tried to carry her to um the yeah, to the um, place and they're like okay she's sick let's reduce it from one year to six months and she sprang up again, and I'm like oh my god like. This is this is intense. So it just goes to show you that with money, to a certain degree, you can't bypass the law because the people who make the law are paid. You see, if something is not free, I don't think it has any fundamental virtue or any sense of altruism tied to it because you know it's it's almost let me, let me so I'm diverting a bit, but let me just um show this very shortly. In my country, we practice a federalist system of government where, technically speaking, each system of government is independent of the other. If it's the okay. federal, if, if it's the state, the state works on its own. If it's the local, the local works on its own. But here's the twisted part. The um, legislature who make the law are being paid by the executive who implements the law on paper. So <laughs> if the executive does something wrong and the legislature is like, yo, you did this thing wrong, and then the next day, the sister is like, okay, I want to get paid now. What do you think will happen? 
It's crazy. It's so crazy. So you can see how the structure is just messed up. And then they come up with these strange laws where you be like, and this is why, you know, I I personally encourage people to have to have an understanding of how the law works. Definitely. Because, be, because I feel look, even if you're going to do something illegal, you can do it properly. I know that sounds, you know, oxymoronic, but you can do it. Let's think about it. What exactly do lawyers do? Okay, yo, dude, I stole money. Find loopholes in this system that will, come, that will make people believe that I stole money and I did the right thing. And they'll find it. It's crazy, Box. It's bloody crazy. Yeah, you're right. But we both sound like total nihilists right now. So So what I'm going to do is what I'm going to do is I'm going to play the devil's advocate and tell you why you should obey the law. Okay. 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 Yeah. And I would love for you to argue that or like try to debate that. So I was talking to these bunch of law students in India. They were from the top law college in India. And I asked them this question. I'm like, why, why should I obey the law? And they gave me a very interesting answer. They said that if you are living in a society, there is an implied social contract between you and the society where what the society gives you is to keep you safe, keep you alive and give you whatever the small things they give you. And it's your part of the social contract to obey the law. That's the only thing you give to the society. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's very interesting. Yeah, that's, that's the social crazy. contract theory of obeying the law. Yeah, but but you know, the problem with this thing is that it's abstract. You know what I mean? It's totally abstract, yes. every So I can tell you another theory of obeying the law, and that is also completely abstract. It's the consent theory. It's that if you stay in a society, you consent to the society that you will obey their laws. That is what it means to live in a society. Yes. But again, this is completely abstract, right? Yeah, because what 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 exactly binds you to that rule? Exactly, like you know? like there's no there's no like merit to this argument. Huh? You know, it's um, it seems like society is just this big bowl of peer pressure. Okay, everyone is doing it. I might as well just do it. You know, fear of miss out, FOMO. Okay, uh, I don't want to be that guy who doesn't. Um, obey the traffic law. Okay, A, B, and C is doing it. Okay, why doesn't D just do it? You know, it's very, very. We humans are very contradictory characters. You know, I've seen, yeah. I've seen, <laughs> I've seen, I've seen situations where you know, let's say that there are two people. Okay, let's say there are two lovers, and you know, one person is, you know, obviously, you know, if it's a relationship, there's one that will be trying a bit harder than the other one, and the one who is trying a bit harder is like, okay, okay, yeah, I want to get your attention. And the person's like, no, 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 don't do this for me. And then the person like, okay. And the person who's trying harder is like, okay, I give up. The person who, the person who, you know, is not trying as hard will be feeling angry because that person who is trying hard didn't try harder. And there's actually like an explanation for this. I don't know if you've read this this classic book called The Sorrows of Young Verta. But then no, the, yeah, the author, David Foster Wallace, he came up with this idea called Verta's Axiom, whereby quote, the intensity of a desired D is inversely proportional to the ease of this gratification. And it just goes to, it just goes to show you that we human beings here, we are very paradoxical because 
you know, there's something that you said about Camus in that discussion that we were on mm-hmm. about how if you just give us to our baseline, we would want to destroy every the very same thing that gives us peace. Okay. It's so strange. Ha, it's, man, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's we're, we're both basically just ranting about our countries at this point. <laughs> <laughs> But but you know, you know, I'm I'm the thing about me is that I'm not deluded by any utopian idea where everything will be all right if we do so 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 and so. Nah, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I, even even within myself, I, I contradict myself with a lot. This conversation is very contradictory if you look at it. If you look at it from a third person point of view, like okay, at one point they're saying do this, and now they're saying, okay, fuck this system. <laughs> it's very strange. It's strange, dude. It's totally strange. Okay, but, but I think I'm, I think if we're ending it now, we should end it on a little bit more of a positive note. So I would okay, like okay. I would like yeah, because I I always believe like whenever I do a podcast, I end it on the most positive high note as possible because that's just something I believe in. I don't want to end it on a low note. So yeah. so yeah, I think we both should just discuss reasons why we should obey the law just to end it, and also so that we don't get any legal notices from our government. <laughs> Is actually a possibility. <laughs> well, well, okay, okay, okay. You, okay, you go first. I'm here. The consent theory, the social contract theory, are both theories that haven't been proven wrong. So it is very likely, not very likely, but it's possible that both of us just aren't smart enough to understand these theories. And if we were law students, we would know mm. that there is a definite reason to obey the law. Secondly, I am a huge believer in the truth is where the money is. and if there is so much money being spent on the law lawyers are being paid millions of dollars just to uphold the law there has to be some merit to it it doesn't make sense for lawyers to be paid millions for something that is just completely abstract so it could just be both of our ignorance where we just don't understand what the law is or like yes yes that's that's a, that kind of law sense because um there's the truth you know The truth of the matter is that if we all disobeyed the law, it would it lends itself to so much chaos that would make living very, anarchy. very, very, very yeah. Oh my goodness, anarchy is you know chaos. Order is way more better than chaos. Truly, it is Definitely, because yeah. you know, this entire conversation is based on an orderly society. If we're living in honor in an anarchy, we can't even talk. You Correct. know, like everything is permissible. That's why I love that passage from um, Apostle Paul. Everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. So yes, you can do so, 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 and so, but is it beneficial? You know, I love people who say stuff. I have short, mid, and long-term goals, and most of the time, you have to sort of sacrifice short-term goals for long-term goals. And I don't want to get too personal, but I have friends who, uh, let's say, they were struggling with, uh, let's see. Oh, I have this one friend, a friend of mine, a female friend of mine, who she had body, you know, issues. You know what I mean now? Yeah, girls, yeah, 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 and that kind of stuff. And she had this craving issue where she saw, let's say, you know, chocolate or cake, she had to take it, even if she wasn't even physiologically hungry. And she had to train herself to be like, okay, I have to sacrifice this craving now for the way I want to look like then, and. you know that whole process was it was very inspiring for her when she realized that hmm i'm not just sacrificing you know cakes i can apply this to any area of my life and 
I think that really applies to society where, you know, even if we want to disobey the Lord now, it can, it, it can have this butterfly effect on other people's lives that I'm not too comfortable with. And I think that's, Definitely. A, that's a very strong case to end it on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's right. And one last point just before we end it. So for a majority of last year, I was living in Singapore. And Singapore is a very interesting country because there everybody obeys the law. People don't disobey the law. It's just how it is. It might also be linked to the fact that Singapore has the highest IQ in the world, but who knows? So Yeah, so the highest average IQ. Yeah. So it was a beautiful country. They're, the way they're progressing scientifically. Uh, one interesting example is Singapore does not have mosquitoes. They found a scientific way to get mosquitoes out of their country. And if that doesn't say it, like both of us living in Nigeria and India, I'm sure that mosquitoes are like one of the most irritating Yo. things that we ever face. Yeah? <laughs> they removed mosquitoes from their country. So if everybody follows the law, it is far superior than if nobody follows the law or if some people follow the law. So to end, I would just like to say you got to follow the law and you got to convince other people to follow the law as well. And yes. take it away, man. Let's let's Yeah, let's yeah. This was very this was very Absolutely. Um, you're 